Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Saturday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack hanging with you. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Who found a better way to mortgage so you can focus on making your new house home? That would be Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. I would take a couple minutes break from uh, all the football talk. And mixing a little basketball here. Unfortunately, we had the passing of the commissioner, David Stern. And our next guest had a chance to uh, deal with him on a up-close-and-personal basis when Oklahoma City got their basketball team. Uh, that would be the NBA writer out of Oklahoma City, Eric Korn, who joins us. Eric, Jordan McDonald here on CBS Sports Radio. How are you tonight? I'm great. Thanks for reading my article, and uh, how are you? Good. Uh, yes, I did read it, and I thought it was very well written. I did not know. I knew that David Stern was certainly an integral part of Oklahoma City uh, getting basketball, but I didn't know how big a role that he played. sounded to me like he had faith in your city. There were those who wanted to bring a professional team to Oklahoma City, and David Stern made that happen probably more than anybody else, correct? Yeah, but, you know, it, it took some convincing. Um, you know, as I wrote, you know, Mayor Mick Cornett at the time, he was a guy who really wanted a basketball team here um, in the in, in the mid two thousands. And David Stern told him, "Look, we can work to get you a hockey team, <laughs> but we don't have an NBA team for you right now." And it wasn't that Stern was, you know, saying that it could never happen, but it just wasn't an avenue at that time. And then Hurricane Katrina happened, and it changed everything for everybody. So, you know, with with the Hornets landing in Oklahoma City, um, the, the the Oklahoma City community uh, showing that there was a fan base that was, you know, there was an appetite for basketball here. There was an appetite for, for professional sports. And then just all the investments from guys like Clay Bennett um, and, and, and some private, um, you know, private uh, money coming in um, and investors, it proved that, you know, it can sustain. And from there, you know, that really – was was the thing that led Stern to believe that this was a thing that could happen. Yeah, he had to see it with his own eyes. And when he did, he became a big proponent of Oklahoma City and basketball, the smallest market in the NBA, but one that has been continually competitive for years. Uh, David Stern always did what he thought was best for business. What was it about Oklahoma City do you think he saw that said, yeah, we can do good business there? Yeah, like you said, um, he, he was a guy who was about the bottom line and, you know, the, the, the people who were invested in the, uh, in bringing the Hornets here, um, you know, they had to make certain guarantees. They had to guarantee a certain amount of revenue and they exceeded that. Uh, they, they made money off of the deal. So David Stern wasn't about putting, uh, the league in positions to lose money. Um, he was always looking to what's the best for the league. And, uh, once the people were able to prove that, you know, Stern was behind it. And, you know, it, it's continued to reap benefits for them in the past, you know, 12 to 13 years, you know, with the 
you know, the Sonics coming to Oklahoma City, and it's becoming such a such a thirsty market for basketball uh, with with some of the great players that they've had here too. Let me ask you about the market itself right now. The uh, Thunder have undergone change. They went from being the big three to the big three plus when one uh, got up and left Harden via trade, and then George uh, Paul George comes in. It's now a different group and a varying group. Are the fans there still as basketball crazy as they used to be? You've got an okay team. They are having a real nice run here. Billy Donovan just got coach of the month for December. But has the craze that is Oklahoma City basketball still there? Yeah, and I don't think it's at the fever levels that it was in those previous years because you just have different players. You know, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook were just such electric players, particularly Russell Westbrook and the way that he can just ignite a building all by himself. Um, it, it was just a, it's a different feel now, but I think that the fan base is still strong. Uh, when you go to arenas, uh, you know, around the around the league, and you have these five hundred teams or sub five hundred teams, and the Thunder's played well recently, but uh, up until you know the last couple of weeks, they were a five hundred team. Uh, you go to these other arenas, and you just don't see the the amount of fans the way you see in Oklahoma City. Even this year, they've had a strong fan base for the most part. Um, you know, a few more empty seats than previous seasons, but you still get people to the games and people are still excited about the team. And I've had many people come to me this year and say that, you know, this is the most fun they've had watching the team in quite some time. So I think that the fan base is still strong. And the the big challenge is, you know, how are people going to feel about next year's team? Because most of the people that are going to the games now were already, they already had season tickets, uh, before, you know, the trades of Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Jeremy Grant. You know, what's that going to turn into next year? Is that excitement that people feel about this group right now going to translate into ticket sales going into the next season? The best young player the Thunder have is Shea Gilders-Alexander, and he's living up to expectations here in year number two. He might not be Russell Westbrook. He might not be James Harden. I can guarantee he's not Kevin Durant. But is he the foundational piece to get those people to say, all right, yes, we've turned a page. It's a new page in Oklahoma City Thunder basketball. Is he the guy they can build around? I think he's one of the guys they can build around. The Thunder's really careful about putting everything on one guy's shoulders. They didn't want to do that with Durant uh, when he was drafted. Um, they didn't want to do that all with Russell Westbrook. Um, even when Durant left, you know, they went and got him guys like Paul George and Carmelo Anthony to play with. So I think Gilgis Alexander is definitely one of the building blocks. He'd be the one guy that I'd look at that roster and say, that's the guy that's going to be here, you know, through the rebuild. But I don't think that the Thunder would come out and say that he's the guy because that's just not how they operate. They want to, they want it to kind of be a democracy. And they want it to be uh, a team where, you know, there's multiple guys that can carry that load. Um, you know, you've got guys like Steven Adams that carry a big defensive load for the Thunder. Um, you've got, you know, other younger players like Terrence Ferguson and Darius Baisley, who they feel highly about. But Shea Gilgis-Alexander, obviously, when you look at the roster now, he's the young guy you look at and say, yeah, that's the guy that's going to be here in the next five to six years. Even in a democracy, someone needs to sit at the head of the table. And for your team, <laughs> that seems to be... Uh, your head coach, uh, Billy Donovan, who came there to coach superstars. That's why they brought him there, that he was a guy who could handle some of the mega stars that Oklahoma City has. As we say, it's now uh, kind of a rebuilding team, but a couple pieces in place, and certainly a great veteran like Chris Paul. Is Billy Donovan up for the challenge 
changing direction in what he was supposed to do as the head coach of the Thunder? I, I think he's more up for it now than he was when he had Durant and Westbrook. You know, I, I don't think that there was a level of respect when it came to those big-name guys um, with Billy Donovan, uh, just from various people that I've talked to throughout the years. Uh, and, and I think that that was, you know, one of the issues. And, and, but now you're seeing the ball being shared more. And some of that's a product of just, you just don't have as many ball dominant players as you used to have. Now, Chris Paul's a, a guy that can, you know, get in isolation a lot. Dennis Schroeder's a high usage player. So is Shea Gilders Alexander. But it's almost a necessity that they have to move the ball more because they don't have those Russell Westbrooks, Paul Georges, Kevin Durant that can just create offense all on their own. So I think that that plays more into Billy Donovan's strengths because he's a guy who has always preached ball movement. But the Thunder, you know, even before Billy Donovan came to the team, they've never been a high ball movement team because they've always had such incredible athletes who can get their own shot. So this is a team that fits more of what Billy Donovan wants to do. And I think you're starting to see kind of the product of that because you've got guys that are bought in to this ball movement system, younger guys. Um, guys like Chris Paul, who you know are past first point guards, and I just think that this collection of talent fits more into what Billy Donovan wants to accomplish as a coach. I'm not surprised by that. That's what I thought you were going to say, because um, I know Billy Donovan. Uh, you now uh, snuck out, sneaking up on the halfway point of the season. My guess is you've played everybody in the Western Conference at least once, or almost every single team. Who's the best team in that conference out there so far? I think most people would say the Clippers um, in terms of, you know, who's the team that you would pick right now to win the title. You know, they've got two great wings in Kawhi Leonard and and Paul George. They can be monsters defensively with those two and Patrick Beverly. Um, And they've got a great two-man combination in Montrezl Harrell and um, Lou Williams. It's going to be interesting to see what happens at the trade deadline. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in terms of buyouts because the Lakers have a chance to, you know, upgrade their roster here. You know, the rumors have started swirling about Darren Collison coming back. Uh, he's a guy who could be a, a really great facilitator for them alongside LeBron and take some load off of him in terms of being a point guard. And, you know, who knows what kind of veteran help the Lakers will be able to go get. So if the Lakers can make an upgrade to their roster, I think that they can challenge the Clippers right now for that number one spot. But I think those are the two teams that you have to talk about when you're talking about being the best in the West. All right. Uh, I know that uh, Paul George made his return to your town, and uh, the Thunder were able to actually come away with a win. I didn't catch that game. How is Paul George treated on his return? Because uh, Kevin Durant's return was (laughs) well-publicized, well-covered. Kind of different when Paul George came back to Oklahoma City? Yeah, it's much better reception. Um I think the Thunders kind of learned their lessons, too, from the Kevin Durant experience. Uh, I, I, in hindsight, the Thunder did not handle Kevin Durant's return well. Um, I thought that there was a lot of pettiness from both sides. But they've learned in the past few years. And you got to remember, they're kind of a young franchise themselves. They didn't know how to handle that kind of stuff. Uh, it's not really a good excuse, but uh, it is something that you have to take into account. Um, they handled Paul George really well, and they gave him a nice introduction uh, video to go along with it. Uh, and frankly, it was easier to handle that because of what they got back in return. They got so much back in return for that Paul George trade that it's a little easier to be um, to, to be uh, you know 
open and, and accepting of Paul George coming back because you got Shea Gilders Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, and a, and a whole bunch of first-round picks. They didn't get anything from Kevin Durant. He just walked. So, And that's Kevin Durant's right. But um, obviously the Paul George return was much more um, much much more heartfelt than Kevin Durant's. Yeah, he's easy to be gracious when you're actually getting something in return. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, Russell Westbrook makes his return to Oklahoma City this week? Yeah, that, that'll be on the 9th, uh, on Tuesday, on not, not Tuesday, Thursday. Um, yeah, yeah, that's going to be a big one. Obviously. Does he fall somewhere between gracious Paul George and the over-critiqued Kevin Durant? What's your prediction here on the crowd reaction when Russell comes back to OKC? Oh, no, he's the, he's the, um... He's the top of the he's the top of the list. He's the greatest Thunder player of all time because, um, you know, this team. Who knows where this team is five years after Kevin Durant leaves if Russell Westbrook doesn't stay? Basketball might die in Oklahoma City. Uh, he's a guy who, granted, look, he took a lot of money to come back. It was easy in, in that regard, but he could have said trade me. He could have asked his way out, and he stayed for, you know, four more years after that, or three more years after that. And you know, it was incredible. He was incredible for the city. So he's going to get one of the greatest, you know, responses or greatest, you know, return returns that you could ask for. And I think that part of that is the that he stayed and Kevin Durant didn't. And I think people want to make it clear to Kevin Durant that Russell Westbrook is the guy. He is the one that you know we do shower or or they shower there their love upon because Kevin Durant left left so unceremoniously uh, compared to the way that, you know, Westbrook stuck out basically until the end and tried his best to get the Thunder back to, you know, um, the Western Conference Finals and such. They might not be as well represented at the All-Star Game as they had been in previous years, but I think the Thunder are a tremendously interesting and intriguing team this season. Enjoy covering Eric. Thanks for hopping on with us for a couple minutes tonight. Appreciate it greatly. Thanks for having me. Anytime. My pleasure. That's Eric Horn, uh, NBA writer for The Athletic out of OKC. Jody Kanga with you here on CBS Sports Radio. We'll come back. We'll reopen the phones. We can either talk a little OKC, a little David Stern, or get back into the football. You make that call for me, 855-212-4227. That's Jody Mack with you here on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.